You're listening to episode 24 with Yilin Lai, Program Officer for the Home Region Program at the Walton Family Foundation. Welcome everyone to The Multiplier Effect, an Endeavor NWA podcast. To keep up with the astounding pace of growth, sustain, we have to really look at how we provide optionality for our entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are vital in our effort to build dynamic communities in the heartland. They add vibrancy, create jobs, and foster innovation. Hello, everyone. Today, we are so excited to be welcoming Yilin to the show. Yilin is a program officer on the Home Region Program at the Walton Family Foundation. Prior to joining the foundation, Yilin assisted the Dean of the University of Arkansas Walton College of Business in conducting an assessment of the Northwest Arkansas entrepreneurial ecosystem. Her previous roles include Deputy Director of the Ministry of Health and Senior Assistant Director at the Ministry of Trade and Industry in Singapore. And in this episode, she shares with Jeanette her incredibly inspiring journey to Northwest Arkansas from her home in Singapore and speaks to us about how the Walton Family Foundation is helping to shape and empower economic development initiatives in the heartland to support our region's scaling entrepreneurs. Let's dive into the episode. Janem, take it away. Elin, we are honored to have you on the show with us today. We trust that you and your family and friends and colleagues are all staying safe. I know having recently had some exposure to COVID, uh, it's, it's definitely a difficult time. Time, but wanted to make sure you're doing well. Thanks, Janem, for the invitation to join the podcast. We are so excited to be talking to you. The Walton Family Foundation is a cornerstone partner for us in the mission of expanding and supporting the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Northwest Arkansas. And you have been such an instrumental part of that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background, what brought you to Northwest Arkansas, what prompted you to join the Walton Family Foundation. Yeah, sure. Happy to share my experiences. I moved to Northwest Arkansas in 2015. I would describe it as being dragged unwillingly. <laughs> my husband might add that crawling and fighting to Northwest Arkansas, originally from Singapore. And I worked for the Singapore government for more than a decade, developing policies and funding principles to advance research, innovation, and entrepreneurship. I only heard of Arkansas for the first time when my husband was offered a job at the University of Arkansas. And as part of my previous job, I traveled to different countries to learn about best practices in innovation and entrepreneurship. And I've actually traveled to the United States multiple times, but I have never set foot in the state of Arkansas. In fact, I did not even know how to pronounce Arkansas correctly at that point in time. And the first time when we touched down in XNA, I saw nothing but fields and <laughs> and grew up in the city and I was surrounded by skyscrapers and lots of activity 24-7. So naturally, when I realized this was where we're going to live, I went to the hotel and cried for a couple of hours. But still, I was... I I think I'm rather adventurous. And so I told my husband he has one year to convince me to stay here. And that very first year was pretty tough because I was still working remotely and in that time zone that's different uh, from here. And I didn't feel any connections to the local community. So after a year, I proposed to move back to Singapore and my husband really liked it here. And so he made a connection to Dean Matt Waller at the Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. And Dean Waller got me involved in a project that he was doing 
which was interviewing entrepreneurs in Northwest Arkansas. So through that project, I got to know more about what's happening in the local entrepreneurial region. And I really enjoyed meeting with all the entrepreneurs and learning from their experiences. And through these interviews, we met up what was the gap in entrepreneurship. So when I heard about this job at the Walton Family Foundation, or the role of a program officer supporting entrepreneurial development, it seems like a natural next step. Instead of working in the government, I'm now using philanthropic resources to help plug the gap, to help advance innovation and entrepreneurship in the region. The Walton Family Foundation is a family-led organization that creates access to opportunity for people and communities. And I'm part of the Home Region Program, which focuses on the communities that first gave Sam and Helen Walton opportunity, both in Northwest Arkansas and the Arkansas Mississippi Delta. My job is to foster a culture of entrepreneurship in Northwest Arkansas and to help the region become a hub of innovation in the heartland. Entrepreneurs are vital in our effort to build dynamic communities in the heartland. They add vibrancy, create jobs, and foster innovation. Elin, I have to point out, first of all, I have such a kindred spirit in you because my arrival story in Northwest Arkansas mirrors yours so well, including the tears. <laughs> I, I cried for uh, longer than a few hours. I think it was a few weeks, but, but and I have, I have since grown to love this region so much. So how much time exactly have you been here since that original one-year agreement? How long has it been? So 2015 July was when we first moved here. So about five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. My, I've been seven years now. It's going to oh, be okay. eight in next August. <laughs> so yeah, time has flown. I love something you said because you've had such great experience and I'd love before we move over more specifically to the focus of entrepreneurship in Northwest Arkansas, but you mentioned that that you've had this approach from a government perspective and now a philanthropic perspective. I'd love to hear how those things are different, what, you know, what resources have been available for one versus the other, which approach works best and in what situations. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I mean, by government, I work in the Singapore government, which is probably different from the government in the United States. Yes. I think there are different rules when it comes to working in the government versus the philanthropic sector. And that's something that I have to learn and navigate when I first got this role. Philanthropic resources require supporting charitable objectives and entrepreneurship on its own is not really considered charitable. So it can be quite challenging, you know, trying to figure out internally what constitutes charitable objectives and what does not. And I think with government resources, you don't face the same limitation. Like you could work more freely in, in terms of whether you're supporting for-profit businesses or non-profit businesses. Is there a difference in ability to execute quickly? Does your you know current seat versus your role in the government in Singapore, were you able to move faster in one versus the other? Yeah, I think that there are pros and cons. I think that with the taxpayers' money, you need to be a lot more transparent. In, at least in my role in Singapore, there were a lot more layers in approving because it's taxpayers' money. So you need to go through a lot more approval process to get certain program or certain policies approved. I think that at least in where I'm working, the hierarchy is flatter. And so in terms of approval, the process is different and could be more efficient. And I think that we are pretty nimble in trying to look at ways of how we can work with the best organization and best partners 
to achieve the objectives that we are looking for. Yes, at Endeavor, we believe that transformational entrepreneurship can happen anywhere with access to the right support systems. So capital, mentorship, training, talent, um, you know, a whole host of things. So talk to us about the various initiatives you guys have taken to provide entrepreneurs with those resources in Northwest Arkansas and the Delta region. Yeah, you know, I can talk for a long time on this, so maybe you have to stop me when I talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think firstly, we have an amazing community of entrepreneurial support organizations like yourself who are really talented and really passionate about helping our entrepreneurs succeed. And I think I'm really fortunate to be working with you and with all the other entrepreneur support organizations to help grow the region's ecosystem. As you have pointed out, we have supported numerous initiatives to support entrepreneurs in terms of technical assistance, mentoring, capital, and so on. But let's choose one. So let's talk about capital. Entrepreneurs need startup capital, and they can be in the form of loans, in the form of grants, or in the form of equity investments. So let's take a look at loan capital. If you're someone who is a new entrepreneur, chances are you will not be able to get a bank loan. On average, minority households in the United States have significantly less wealth than white households. This means they have less money to start businesses and they have less collateral to qualify for outside credit. So one of my favorite programs that was established in Northwest Arkansas is Kiva Hub. Kiva, if you are not familiar with Kiva, it is a San Francisco-based nonprofit that offers hyper-accessible microloans to the traditional underbank, traditionally underbank or unbanked entrepreneurs. So Kiva provides a crowdsourcing platform that allows entrepreneurs to obtain no collateral required, no fee, no interest microloans of up to $10,000. And the Kiva Hub Northwest Arkansas was started last year in December. And within less than a year, it has helped more than 20 companies procure loans. And over 90% of these businesses are owned by a woman a minority. That's so exciting. So exciting for the region and for the work that you guys have done to see it play out in front of you, I'm sure. So congrats on that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's all to the team at uh, Mata at Kiva Hub Northwest Arkansas. They're doing a great job. The next type of capital would be grants, right? So there are actually quite a number of grant programs that entrepreneurs can leverage. And one example is the Small Business Innovation Research and the Small Business Technology Transfer Grant Program. SBIR, STTR, very highly competitive programs that encourage business to engage in R&D that has the potential for commercialization. Now, Arkansas has a state currently performs more poorly than its peer region in accessing SBIR, STTR grants. Since its peak in 2005 with 40 SBIR grant awards, the number of SBIR grants awarded to Arkansas has decreased 65% to only 14 SBIR awards in 2019. So we think that there is a gap there and I was actually really excited to be working with Doug Hutchins and Katie Thompson to pilot the Science Venture Studio where they are putting together specialized grant experts cookies that would help interested entrepreneurs apply for SBIR and STTR grants and hopefully increase their probability of success in winning these grants. What do you think accounted for the decline over the last, you know, 15 years? Yeah, you know, through conversations with Doug Hutchins, and Doug is really the expert in this. He did a lot of research on this. And some 
of his research showed that a lot of the grants that were awarded in Arkansas were won by certain groups, right? So like, for instance, Arkansas Power Electronics had won like 33% of all the SBIR grants in Arkansas. And so through this research, we believe that if you have specialized grant writing skills and you know what these federal agencies are looking for, you could create a grant application that's more primed to win these grants, right? And so, which is why through the experience that we see in the past, we are putting together this program that we think that would help in increasing the probability of success. I think it's so much more important now than ever, given where companies are and the market that we're in for them to be able to access these kinds of grant programming. So I think the work you're doing is important. And Katie and Doug are friends of Endeavor, and we will link to them so you can learn more about the work that they're doing in our blog, as well as on any social media that you see on this. So I just wanted to put that in there. It's great. Yeah. And so the third type of capital is equity investments. What I've observed is that with the rise of mega funds and massive influx of capital into the tech sector over the past 10 years, majority of Vanguard firms in venture capital industry are shifting their focus downstream in pursuit of later stage and larger dollar investments, right? And I mean, obviously, later stage companies pose less risk. And when you are investing in larger dollar investments, it's a lot less work required in terms of due diligence as compared to like many smaller dollar investments. So in 2018, 64% of venture capital went to late stage deals. And on the other hand, the percentage of total venture capital invested in early stage deals fell to the lowest level ever in five years. So you can see that there's a general lack of funding in seed and early stage companies, but yet there is a need to support these early stage companies at this most critical stages of development and help build the pipeline of companies that are positioned to receive future angel investments and venture capital. So we think that there is a gap and we are working with Winrock International to pilot an early stage not-for-profit evergreen investment fund that seeks to deploy capital in this early stage validation state companies in Northwest Arkansas. Wow, that's so exciting. Give us some sense of timing around that and how big you think the evergreen fund would be. It's just a pilot for now. I think the investment would be ranging from fifty to 150000 per company. Yeah, and then I think it's a fund that they're setting up for our part of our support is really focused on startups in Northwest Arkansas, but I believe that the fund in general is focused on Arkansas companies. That's really exciting news, and I'm sure we will share and endeavor more information on that as Yilin and her team and Winrock um, have more information on that available. So very exciting. And I think capital is such a huge part of the gap that we have. Um, what are some other gaps that you see and capital in all those forms that you mentioned, which is, you know, grant money and debt as well as equity. What are some other gaps gaps in the region that, that we have? Yeah, I think we have seen much progress in the region's entrepreneurial ecosystem in the past five years, uh, but more can be done to ensure that entrepreneurial opportunities are accessible to everyone regardless of who they are. In Northwest Arkansas, Hispanic residents above 25 years old account for 13% of the population, and yet Hispanics only own 2% of the region's small businesses. Similarly, Black represents 0.5% of the region's business ownership, even though they constitute 2% of the total population. So I think we need to think more 
about how we can level the playing field so that underserved communities can access these entrepreneur opportunities more readily. Aside from that, on a broader level, we know that there is a significant geographic inequality in entrepreneurship within the United States. Data have demonstrated that capital, which finances startups from seed funding to venture capital, keeps flowing to the same places. I, I think we have all heard this before, but 30% of venture capital, only 30% of venture capital were directed outside the superstar metropolitan areas of San Francisco, San Jose, New York, and Boston. And between 2010 and 2016, Arkansas companies only received half percent of venture capital in the U.S. That's not even one percent, it's just half percent. And, you know, along the same lines between 2010 and 2016, Portland states in the United States witnessed a decline of 65,000 jobs. And on the other hand, the non-Heartland states experienced a gain of 220,000 jobs. So as you can see, there, there's inequality within geographic regions. And I think we need to do more to reduce this disparity. And, and I'm constantly thinking, how can we shift this so that we can benefit more? How, how can we make our region stronger and be able to attract more entrepreneurial talent, startups, and investors? So one of the, what are the unique advantage that we have as a region that we can use to, to draw in the talent and investment? For example, we have seen some initial success where we have worked with Plug and Play, Northwest Arkansas, to put together a coalition of regional businesses and supply chain and transportation to work with transformative startups. But to tame them and to attract more of the startups here, it takes a unique combination of factors from quality of life, business opportunities to supply of talent. And so we need to think along the same line and continue to push forward to reduce this geographic disparity. Because I think the heartland too can be a thriving innovation hub. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of our mission statement personally. But I'm curious if you think, given what's happened with COVID, that there's going to be a natural flow of talent away from the coast, away from density in its traditional form to places where people will have access to more open spaces and more, you know, environmental, like green life and biking and hiking, things like that. Do you think that that's going to happen? Or do you think with the announcement of a vaccine, for example, that we're actually not going to see a big shift in those demographic factors? You know, that's that's an interesting question and thought-provoking. I mean, personally, I'm having these conversations among my friends. I think that, you know, there are different thoughts on it. You know, on one hand, I think that there will be people who is enjoying more open spaces and the outdoor uh, but then at the same time, the, the opportunity to work remotely also allow people to move away. Right. So I have some friends who are who used to be working here in Northwest Arkansas now being able to live and work remotely somewhere else. And I would say that usually they are people with no families, like they, they are single and they would want to live in a place where they can meet more other people like themselves. And so, you know, they used to be tied to the region because they maybe work for Walmart. And now with the opportunity to work remotely, they might prefer to work somewhere else where they can meet other 
other people. So I think that there are different dynamics happening. <laughs> some that work for us and some that may not. Right, which is so interesting because I think the, uh, it's going to be really hard to see until we look back in five years what this time period represented, both for the ability to work remotely. Like that's huge, right? I mean, some percentage of the workforce always did something like that, but now it's 70, 80% of the workforce, um, especially in corporate jobs. And also the ability to the need for space and for distance and what that's going to mean. So I'm really curious and we'll look back in a few years and know more, I'm sure. But I want to get to something that's probably going to be a very hard question for you, but how do you measure success? You know, and it's going to be different per project and per grant, but overall, when you think about a macro scale, how do I measure success in my job and, and for entrepreneurship in Northwest Arkansas? How do you answer that question? You know, we do have learning and evaluation team. We need a foundation who can better answer that question. Entrepreneurship is still one of the foundation's newest area of support when compared to some of our other efforts. We are seeing promising results on the impact it could have on the region's economy and the role it could play in the inclusive recovery from COVID-19. In terms of measuring success, I think that right now, you know, within our learning and evaluation team, they look at quantitative metrics and some of the quantitative metrics may include like number of business data or investment activity in the region. Personally, I have a qualitative measure that I've developed for myself. So like remember how I said earlier that I've never heard of Arkansas before coming here. And I have friends, even those who live in the U.S., who did not think there was anything related to innovation entrepreneurship that was happening here. And I remember when I first joined a conference in, uh, for, for entrepreneurship, the Kaufman eShip in 2018, I, I met with people at a conference who frowned when I spoke about entrepreneurial activities in Northwest Arkansas. But I think this is gradually changing. I think more and more people are recognizing that something is happening here. And I think there will be a day when I tell someone, anyone about Northwest Arkansas, no one will be surprised when I talk about a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem he or she will go, ah, yes, I've heard of Northwest Arkansas. It's a great place for startups. And to me, that would be the sweet sound of success. That absolutely would be the sweet sound of success. I love that. And I, it's a personal goal of mine as well. And I know that all the organizations you support, including ours, have the mission of making this part of the country and Northwest Arkansas specifically, along with the Delta, a hub for innovation and entrepreneurship. And, and I, I share the value of making sure no one is surprised when we talk about the work we're doing. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit because um, as part of this segment, we want to highlight our sponsor for this season, which is the Northwest Arkansas Council. They aim to ensure our region's successful future by working with partners to advance our quality of life, improve the region's workforce, create job opportunities, and keep up with the region's impressive growth. There are so many things to love about the heartland, and I think this is going to be an especially good question for you, having come in from Singapore only five years ago, but we're asking each guest on our show, what do you love most about living in the heartland? Growing up in a city, uh, a dense city where space is a premium. Having a lot more space and having that proximity to, to nature, it's really appealing, and especially in Northwest Arkansas. So I think that is something that I really like about living here. Yeah, the, the I mean, we this weekend went hiking and biking with the kids, and I'm from New York City, so that's just being able to just walk out of your house and be five minutes away from an amazing bike trail is, is pretty cool. So I'm with you on that one. We're doing a different segment called, also part of our podcast, called the Call Me Crazy Moment. And the founder of Endeavor, Linda Rotenberg, has always said, 
Call me crazy. Crazy is a compliment. So we like to ask each guest on our show, what has been your call me crazy moment? Yeah, I mean, picture this, right? Five years ago, I was married to my husband for less than a year. We had a two-month-old baby with us, and we decided to move to a different continent 30 hours flight away to a city where we have no friends, no family, no connections. I think that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yep. But then we are still married today, so... <laughs> So it all worked out. I mean, I think about what you did and I, I moved from New York and felt that way and you moved from Singapore and it was it's just an incredible life change that you made and I'm really impressed and thankful for people like you who take risks and, and do the kinds of things that you do. And lastly, we have some rapid fire questions which our listeners love. Uh, these are quick and digestible and so just give me the first answer that pops into your mind. What time do you wake up <laughs> and what is bedtime? Yeah, I mean, I have two toddlers, four and five. I wake up when they plaster their faces on mine <laughs> button. So my wake up time is whenever they are awake, which ranges from seven to eight. And I'm pretty nocturnal. And, and this is from before kids is because I like the fact that it's very peaceful at night. And especially with kids, uh, I get a lot more uninterrupted time at night. So I sleep rather late and sometimes um, one or two a.m. Wow, that's, that's pretty <laughs> Yeah, so I don't get a lot of sleep. My kids are a little bit older, but I, I love that nighttime quiet when everybody else in the house is asleep and I'm awake. So I feel you on that. Okay. What is something that you are reading right now? Yeah. I mean, reading is a luxury for me and, you know, I've been pretty slow in catching up with my reading. I'm almost finishing Grit by Angela Dutworth. It's a fascinating read because her research has shown that talent alone is not a guarantor of success. And in fact, it is grit, a combination of passion and perseverance that is the hallmark of high achievers in every domain. And I don't know about you, but as a kid growing up, it seems like everyone admires that one cool, smart kid who doesn't study, but it's smart and get a good grade. And I think that's rather ironic because it is that kid who is working hard on persevering who's going to see success. And I think the moral of the story is that you don't need talent to succeed, right? You, you don't need talent to be a successful entrepreneur. All you need is good. We had, um, I would do interviews for college students when I was at Goldman Sachs and we would look for grit. That would be a big driver oh, of determining who, you know, between qualified candidates, like who's going to have that stick itiveness that you need in a late night when you're tired and you just need to push through. So I haven't read that book, but it's on my list. Interesting because I think that has kids. You, you admire that lazy, smart kid. <laughs> but that is a working kit that you should admire. No, it's so true. I mean, I as kids, especially as college students, you say, oh, I barely studied and you got it. Yeah, and then you get good grades, right? Yeah, and, you know, in reality, most of the people that said that probably did study. And there were probably a few that didn't, but, uh, but I agree with you. I think as I become, you know, as I move further and further into adulthood, I recognize the value of hard work over the value of just being a little bit smarter, a little bit lucky and, and all that. Yeah, I think they should make it cool to celebrate hard work like it shouldn't be seen as like a nerd right like I, I think that you should be proud to say that I put in a lot of work for this I studied very hard for my yeah grade. exactly right Elin we're yeah. gonna lead the movement I'm with you make it cool <laughs> to work hard okay name one habit you've developed since we've entered this world of quarantine I'm definitely washing my hands and sanitizing my hands a lot more wearing masks and constantly looking out for cool and cute masks that might <laughs> 
or motivated to keep them on. And also, I think that, you know, in this new COVID-19 world, it has given me the opportunity to say, can you please mute yourself during meetings when I ordinarily will not do that? And so I think that's, that's something different because ordinary, I wouldn't tell anyone, could you please mute yourself? I love that. That is the first time I've heard that answer, but I agree. Telling people <laughs> to mute themselves is a very powerful new world lifestyle that we have. And then is there anything I should have asked you, but I didn't? I actually think you have asked a great list of questions and I've enjoyed our chat very much. Thank you. For, for giving me the opportunity to be part of this. Thank you for joining us and for all the work that you've done for entrepreneurship in Northwest Arkansas. And we will tag all the work, tag the Walton Family Foundation and all the, all the entities that you referenced from Plug and Play to Kiva so our listeners can learn more about all those organizations supported by the Walton Family Foundation. And thank you to Yilin for moving to Northwest Arkansas and taking <laughs> a big, crazy moment in her life and turning it into such a success. So we appreciate you and your time. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Yilin for joining us on the show today. For more information about all the incredible programs and organizations that the Walton Family Foundation supports, head to our website at endeavornwa.org. See you next week.